0: Good morning, morning. and special good morning to all those who are joining us online. We have a special guest preacher with us today from Mission of Christ Network, Pastor John Lang, and he will be uh, sharing with us about what he will be doing, Lord willing, in China. And some announcements before we begin. First of all, we want to give a big shout out to Lene Wright. She went over... And uh, was our missionary, and the synod has recognized her with sincere thanks and appreciation from the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to Mrs. Lenae Wright, and recognition of short-term missionary service. So, way to go, Lene. <laughs> and a few announcements uh, just to draw your attention to that uh, on Monday, tomorrow evening at seven p.m. right here. Just invite anyone that wants to gather for a time of prayer. We have a big vote coming up on Tuesday, very divisive in our state, and it just seems prudent to get together and pray for one another and lift up before God our souls and our needs. Uh, So that'll be tomorrow at 7 p.m. right here in the sanctuary, and we have lots of other things coming up. I want to really draw your attention to also the uh, blessing of the backpacks on August 13th. It's going to be kind of a big party uh, from noon till 2 here at the Tyler campus and uh, for the community. Uh, the last time we did this, it was really well received. Uh, uh, inviting the community, we had five, six hundred people come, and so we're really hoping for a, a nice crowd like that again. And the last thing, just on a personal note, my son Matthew is being installed as vicar today in uh, Oviedo, Florida, at Saint Luke's Lutheran. So, kind of excited about that too. <laughs> God has come to give gifts to His people. Let us receive them. As we begin with our opening hymn, please stand. Make haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Blessed be God the Father, the Son, and the Holy
1: Spirit.
0: Blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated.
2: The Old Testament reading is from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to search, to seek, and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man. To be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled. And used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God for apart from him who can eat and who can have enjoyment for to the one who pleases him god has given wisdom and knowledge and joy but to the sinner who is given the business but to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases god this also is vanity and a striving after wind this is the word of the lord Thanks be to God. The epistle readings from the book of Colossians, chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Please stand. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and
1: keep it.
0: Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. the place where your glory dwells. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care.
3: Good morning. I'm Pastor John Lang, and I'm really glad to be with you here in Wichita. And uh, it's a wonderful community that you have. Just driving around, I uh, can see why you like living here. It's a good, good place to be, and I mean that uh, sincerely. Um, I've been a pastor in the Missouri Synod uh, Lutheran Church uh, for about as long as Pastor Scott here. We were at the seminary together. He graduated a year ahead of me, and uh, I've served congregations in Missouri and in California, in Central California, in Central Valley, and now uh, in Southern Illinois. And uh, I wish to thank you all, and especially uh, Pastor Aaron and Pastor Scott, Pastor Mike, who's not with us today, for the opportunity to be with you. And I also, um, on the way here, was able to listen to several uh, sermons from the past weeks, and I just want to uh, commend them also for speaking the truth in love to you, and for you to be hearing that truth of God's Word, even when it deals with difficult topics, and uh, allowing God's Word to uh, percolate and penetrate your heart and work in your life to bring about that which is pleasing to Him. And so may God continue to bless you as you come into His house here at Ascension and hear His Word and be strengthened in that to live your life to God's glory. Uh, The message today is uh, titled, uh, give generously to God. And I'm just going to get the clicker here in case I need that. Looks like someone's helping me out in back. Thank you. Um, and it's based on the gospel reading from Luke chapter 12, 13 to 21. Have you ever had one of those days where you uh, are just kind of looking around? Maybe uh, it's just been a beautiful day and you've uh, enjoyed yourself. Perhaps you've been out on the golf course or maybe you're, you're just at home and have been preparing a meal for your family, and you've got got people around you that you love, friends, and you're thinking, life is really good. Life is really good. I'm just going to enjoy it for a while. Well, there's nothing wrong with that as long as we remember who the good gifts come from, as long as we remember to give glory and thanks to God and to return to God out of a thankful heart that which he has first given to us in our gospel reading for today we see Jesus uh, delivering a parable an earthly story with a heavenly meaning to try to communicate to the crowd that was listening to him not to put their hope in the things of this world and not to just sit idly by and enjoy them without recognizing the giver of all from Luke chapter 12 verse 13 we see This individual, he's not named, Jesus knew who he was, we don't know who he was, we don't know his name, Uh, crying out to Jesus, asking for a share of the inheritance that his parents apparently had left to his brother and he got left out of the will. And the context for this verse is that Jesus had been speaking to a crowd and warning them about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and their hypocrisy, uh, doing uh, one thing but saying another. And... uh, Just prior to this man's request, Jesus had referred to himself as the Son of Man, just in the verses just prior to this, a title which Jesus used often, which came from the Old Testament, a title that was used to talk about the Messiah that was coming, the Christ, the promised one, the anointed one. And so uh, in this context, we see this teacher, this man calling Jesus, hey, teacher, solve my problem. He didn't recognize who Jesus was. Jesus says to this man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And by his words and in the context, we can see that Jesus is saying to him, look, this is the kind of question you would bring to a teacher of the law or a Pharisee. That's not who I am. I am not a teacher of the law, I'm a mere teacher of the law. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm much more than that. By the words that he had just stated, he He is the promised Messiah. And there's a little bit of an irony in in these words of Jesus. He said, who made me a judge over you? It's ironic because although the crowd did not realize it, God, the Father, has declared that Jesus will be our judge. He will be our judge on Judgment Day. And he is our judge. But... The, the man obviously did not recognize any of that. And then Jesus addresses the crowd. And he calls them to be on their guard against covetousness, for one's life does not consist in how much he has, in abundance of his possessions. Now, Pastor Scott assures me that you are a generous congregation. You're a generous people. And I'm sure with the Apostle Paul, uh, he says, I thank my God every time in my remembrance of you, uh, for your generosity, for your love, for your kindness. And that is true. And and, uh, for those of you who are living that generous, giving life, praise the Lord and give him the glory and continue to do so. But all of us, myself included, Pastor Scott included, we all struggle with this sin of covetousness. And it's one of the important ones, right? It's one of the top tens looking around and saying, hmm, That's kind of nice. I kind of like to have that. And uh, maybe wanting something bigger and better. This idea that what we have isn't quite enough. Jesus says, hey, be on guard against that. That's a real problem. In fact, it's one of the top ten, right? It's in the Ten Commandments. In Colossians 3, verse 5 that we heard earlier, Paul even states he equates covetousness with idolatry. It's the same thing. Why is that? when we're coveting something, when we're saying, "Mm, I want that, we're saying, God, I'm not thankful, I'm not appreciative of everything you've given me, aren't we? We're saying, I want more. And in fact, scripture teaches us that when we're doing that, we're making that thing that we want, whatever it might be, into an idol. And we're allowing that to be enthroned on our hearts instead of God alone. We all need to be confronted with the word of God's law and God's truth in order that we might repent and recognize our, our sin problem. So Jesus shared a parable to explain this uh, concept to the crowd. He said, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have nowhere to store my crops. I'm sure there have been many farmers over the centuries, over the generations that have had this kind of problem. I've had a really good year. I need, I need more room to store everything. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, as long as we recognize the giver. Notice it's the land that produced plentifully. It's his abundance was a gift from his creator, but he doesn't acknowledge God's goodness or tithe from his plenty or give to the needy. He keeps it to himself. And he says, I'll tear down these barns, and build large ones, and there I'll store all my grain and my goods. He had perfectly good barns. He had much more than he needed, but he pour them down to build bigger ones. And he said, I have so many uh, good things. I have ample goods laid up for many years. I'm going to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And here we see from these words where he put his trust, where he put his trust for the future. And it wasn't in God. It was in his riches. It was in his wealth. And don't we struggle with this also? We need to set aside more for, for the future, And there's nothing wrong with being wise and saving for the future. The Proverbs teach us to do so. But when we do it without the acknowledgement that God is in charge of it all, there's a sin problem. Where a person puts his or her trust, where you and I put our trust, becomes our God. And if we're putting our trust in our wealth, our wealth has become our God. Covetousness really is idolatry. But God shows the man that the things in which we place our trust, if they're not him, they're ultimately meaningless and worthless, just like the author of Ecclesiastes was saying in our Old Testament reading today. All the man's wealth, who would get it? Story about Andrew uh, Jackson, President Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States. After his presidency, he started accumulating property in the area around Nashville, Tennessee, Accumulated a 1,000 acres, for that time was a huge uh, plantation, had over 100 slaves working his crops, and uh, one of the biggest plantations in the state. At his death, his adopted son, he didn't have any natural sons, went to his adopted son, and due to debt and, and uh, poor uh, investments, the, the property was all sold off within 30 years. Everything that he worked so hard for had come to naught. So is the one, Jesus says, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. More money is not the answer to our life's problems. You can uh, look online at people who've won the lottery and then live to regret it, and you'll just read sto- sad story after sad story. And it's so sad to hear and read about those tragedies that occur when someone comes into great wealth but isn't prepared with the heart that puts God first. The answer to our life's problems does not have to do with wealth, but what is in our hearts, and what Jesus has done to rescue us from our heart problem. And so several principles that we can take with us from this gospel reading. When you approach Jesus, recognize who he is and listen to him. Recognize who he is. This man who approached him didn't recognize who he was. Do not covet the things of this world. They they have no lasting value. And as Jesus said, give generously to God. This puts everything else into priority. Recognize who Jesus is. The Son of God. Who left heaven's glory. He left all the riches that we could ever imagine to live a life of poverty on this earth that he created. Not only that, not only did he come to earth in poverty, but he paid the ultimate price. He gave everything he had in order to pay for our sins and the sins of the whole world on the cross. And so our motivation to give generously to God doesn't come out of a compulsion or I better better do this. It comes to come out of love, out of love for God, for all that he's done for you, and, and love for your neighbor. So, as we reflect on that, how, what are some ways we can give generously to God? One is through your tithe, as you set apart a portion of your income to, to give to the Lord. The Old Testament standard is 10% of what God has given to you. Another is through your offerings. The Old Testament and the New Testament talk about tithes and offerings. Offerings are in, in addition to what, uh, that portion that you're setting aside that belongs to the Lord. And uh, then also to give to the poor and the needy. Jesus said, as you do it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. As you're generous to the poor, you're generous to me. And also, uh, fourth, through mission support. In Philippians chapter four eighteen, we read that early Christians in Philippi sent gifts to Paul to support him in his work, in his efforts. And he describes their gifts as a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So through our tithes, through our offerings, through uh, helping the poor and needy, and through giving to mission support, we give generously to God as he has given so generously to us, has he not? This is how we are to give, and this brings me to why I'm here with you in Wichita. And I want to share with you a little bit about uh, my life and uh, in the time that I have left, and also about the opportunities that are in front of us uh, in China and the work of the Mission of Christ Network. Normally, I have an hour to talk about this. I know know our time is short, so I'm going to go through these slides here pretty quick. This is my family, and uh, my wife, Tammy, is on the the bottom right there, blonde, and those are our children. The one one on the left there is uh, my daughter-in-law. She's married to my my oldest son on the top left. All of them are grown now. Uh, Most of them have uh, graduated from college except for my son, Josiah, the youngest one on my right and he's in his freshman sophomore year in college. In the middle of of that uh, group is uh, an international student, her name is, she goes by the name Happy, that's her English name. And she's a very happy person. And we brought her into our home because she needed a place to stay. She had been studying at the Lutheran High School where my son attends and where my daughters had attended. And she didn't have a, a place to stay. And so my wife and I decided, okay, we've got an extra bedroom. We'll, we'll let her stay with us this year. And during that year, as she continued to hear about God, as we brought her along to church, as she learned about God in her, her Lutheran high school, uh, she became a believer. And although she really struggled with her faith, she eventually accepted the, the, the word of God and allowed the Holy Spirit to work faith in her heart. And she was baptized uh in our church and now she's attending a, a christian university here in the united states and uh, this summer actually she got stranded she went with a professor a group from her school over to jordan and while she was there uh she couldn't come back because she hadn't had the right vaccinations and uh she ended up being able to share jesus with muslims while she was there so you just never know god is sending us Elsewhere, but he's also sending many to our shores too and to be open to those opportunities you just never know what what might happen so talking about god's vision mission and his vision i hit the wrong button there we go good Uh, if we think about an organization or church we also have often have a mission statement maybe the organization you work for the company you work for has a mission statement one thing about Jesus' mission statement, I think you, you could sum it up like this. He said in Luke 19, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That was his mission, right, for coming to earth. If we think about a vision statement, where's this heading to? I can't think of any better verse than, verses than uh, from Revelation 7. I looked, and behold, a great multitude no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is where we're heading. We're going to be together as God's children with people of all different nationalities, all different tribes, all different races, all in the same throne room, all worshiping God together and singing this beautiful song together. So, you know, if that rubs you the wrong way, it's time to get over it now because you're going to spend eternity <laughs> with, with, with Everyone in the whole world from all these languages. And, and they all need Jesus. And Jesus says the gospel is going to go out to the whole world before his return. So how do we get from the mission to the vision? We see in Romans 10, how then will we, they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not, never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And so we need preachers and we need senders. We need those who proclaim the word and we need those who will send others to communicate The organization that that is sending me is called the Mission of Christ Network, and of course it also happens as I partner with good uh, Christians such as yourself who are willing to give, to support, to send. Um, The mission statement of the Mission of Christ Network is to boldly, intentionally, and faithfully make known the love, light, and peace of Jesus Christ by word and deed to those around the world. And on the board of the Mission of Christ Network are several Missouri Synod uh, district presidents, And it's just a wonderful group of people committed to bringing the gospel to others all around the world. Uh, So the Mission of Christ Network is kind of small, but uh, there are 47 mission partners currently uh, serving in over 20, serving in 20 countries, and um, there are uh, 2,000 weekly gospel connections that are taking place through the work of the uh, Mission of Christ Network. And this isn't a network primarily sending pastors, it's primarily sending lay people to work in a variety of ways and on the back table uh, outside the church office. If any of you would be interested in finding out more information about this organization or perhaps you'd even like to go yourself and serve in some way, uh, you can do that by picking up one of these brochures and uh, taking it along with you and finding out more about the Mission of Christ Network. Mission of Christ Network is the same network that supported Emily Belvery. Maybe some of you remember her. I believe she was here some years ago. She actually served in the same city, she and her husband, that I'll be uh, serving in myself. These are uh, different places around the world where Mission of Christ Network is sending their mission partners. And uh, the open door that is uh, in China currently is through a partnership uh, with a Lutheran church in Hong Kong. Missouri Synod and Lutheran Church in Hong Kong. The pastor and his wife are Pastor Joel and Iantha Shivey. And there's a map of China. You can see in the southeast corner. Uh, this is the area. And uh, more kind of close up there, you see Hong Kong shaded. Shenzhen is that area just across the border from Hong Kong, uh, which uh, about 30 years ago, China uh, decided to really try to ramp up and make into a, a production area. Shenzhen is maybe the biggest city you've never heard of. It's 20 million people in the city. Um, its uh, average age is less than 30 years. A lot of young people coming from small villages to uh, try to make it big in the big city. And uh, it's the home of made in China. Many ma- manu- much manufacturing occurs here and in Guangzhou, which is uh, just uh, also nearby. It's been called China's Silicon Valley. It's where a lot of the uh, tech, high tech is taking place. But it's also been called a city of dreams. This is by a pastor who has served there. But most of those dreams are broken. And that the need is in their hearts. When we think about the need in uh, other places, we often think of the poverty. But here the need is in their hearts. When you think about Christianity in China as a whole uh the good news i guess you could say is five percent over five percent of the population are now christian during the cultural revolution communist china tried to wipe out christianity completely that means 70 million uh, of our brothers and sisters in christ are living in china the sad news is that there are still 1.33 billion who are not and need to hear the good news of the lord there's a shortage of pastors in shenzhen there's one estimated one ordained pastor per 10,000 christians And the opportunity that's uh, facing us there in uh, Shenzhen is that a three-self church, an officially recognized church, realized the need for English language services in the city. And because of the Concordia School Network, they knew about the work of Concordia in Hong Kong and asked if they could get a pastor from the Missouri Synod to come and serve and provide English language services in uh, the, the city. And it's resulted in actually two locations now. And there have been multiple pastors who have served in short term capacities in these two preaching stations. One of them is located in this church. Uh, This is called the Meilin location. Uh, It's located in the central part of Shenzhen. And uh, this is uh, some of the staff and some of the worshipers there. Uh, Many are attending a Christian church for the first time. They're both English speaking expats and English speaking Chinese. The majority are Chinese who speak English. Maybe they've studied or worked abroad. And now are looking for an English language worship community. This is the Nanshan location. And the person standing there in front of that entrance is uh, Emily Belvery, which is Pastor Scott's niece, actually. And uh, there uh, at Nanshan, there's an English language worship on Sunday afternoon, and it's located to the west of Maylene, uh, the other location. And the pastor that I showed you the picture of earlier, Pastor Joel Shivey, uh, has been serving via Zoom, providing the sermons for these services because the the young couple that had been there previously had a child during COVID and returned to the United States. And so they've been without a pastor on site, without a a church worker on site since uh, 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 October of last year. And so they desperately need uh, help in these locations to continue to bring God's word to the people and to serve them. This is a picture of the worshiping community in Nanshan. And I want to tell you a quick story about Mason. Mason Emily told me this story. Uh, a young man, well, he was born in in China during the Cultural Revolution. And terrible things happened during the Cultural Revolution when communism was taking over China. And in fact, he he witnessed his mother being raped and killed. And it's just terrible. It's horrifying. And he had given up on everything. He had just given up on everything. But uh, he had an opportunity, he came over to the United States to uh, uh, study, and he was housed in a family with a Christian family and started coming to church with with her and became a Christian and and suddenly had hope and new life. And now he worships at this uh, setting every Sunday. He's at the front pew raising his hands in worship, just so grateful for everything God has done for him, giving him... New life and new purpose. That's Mason. Bible study in the other location. So the needs and opportunities, uh, the simple, clear gospel proclamation, pastoral care. Again, the need is in their hearts and discipleship. Most of the Christians are first generation, so they need to they need to learn what it means to live as a Christian. And the greatest opportunity is that uh, due to Shenzhen's uh, demographic, a lot of the people that are coming there and being discipled are being going out to going to go out to other communities, maybe where they came from originally, to their families, and be able to bring Christ with them into those farther regions. So I invite you, and I thank you already for your partnership that has been ongoing with Mission of Christ Network, and ask that you continue uh, that partnership. And that partnership would be, first of all, to ask you for your prayers. I can't emphasize how how important your prayers are. There's spiritual warfare going on, uh, truly. Uh, God teaches us our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces. There's a lot of conflict right now with China, right? We need to pray that God would deal with the spiritual forces that are at work. And I ask you to join me in praying. Pray for the people of China, for the people I'll be working with. And uh, for specific prayer requests, I invite you to become one of my prayer partners. And my my email address is there. I'll leave that with Pastor 2, and you can become a prayer partner with me. And your gifts definitely make a difference, and God promises to bless us as we give generously to Him. And these are some ways to give, um, either online or mailed or as a prayer partner. You can find out more. Um, And if you do want to make a donation today, you can make that out as a check to the Mission of Christ Network. And uh, giving monthly is also very much appreciated as an ongoing, uh, maybe smaller gift. Finally, I just want to say thank you again for this opportunity to be with you, to share God's word and also share the opportunity, share with you a little bit about the the mission of Christ Network and the opportunity in China that's in front of us. I believe that's all I had. So uh, in closing, I'd just like to invite you to pray. Let's pray now for the people of China. Let's pray that God would continue to well up within us, thankful and generous hearts, and pray against these spiritual strongholds that exist in China and other parts of the world. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you for you have been so good to us. Jesus, we thank you for coming to earth, for living a holy and sinless life on our behalf and going to the cross to die the death that we deserve and to take the eternal punishment that we we would have surely borne. And Lord, out of thankfulness, increase in us hearts of thanks and generosity to you and to those who are in need. And we pray right now specifically for the people of China, those over one billion people who are in darkness, in spiritual darkness. And we pray that you would come against, Lord, as we're gathered here together in your name, in Jesus' name, we ask that you would come against the spiritual forces that are waging war against the souls of the people of China. And we pray, Lord, that you would uh, show your power and show your uh, authority Uh, and show your uh, love and goodness as well over these uh, evil forces and for the people of China. We pray specifically today for them, Lord, and specifically, Lord, for Shenzhen and for these two locations, for the Christians who are worshiping there. We lift them up to you in prayers. We're gathered together as they, they gather together, Lord. We pray for their souls. We pray for their strengthening and their discipleship, and that they would bring the light of Christ to others in other parts of China. Oh, Lord, we know that you can do all things, and although this may seem like a big request, uh, we know that you are more than capable. You brought us to faith, and we know you can bring the people of China to faith too. We praise you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are already there, and ask that you would increase the harvest, Lord, and that you would provide enough workers to, to your harvest field there. Lord, these and all prayers that are still in our hearts, we lift up to you, thanking you that you hear us, for we approach you, and we humbly bow before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our worship continues as we bring to the Lord our tithes and offerings.
0: In our service today of Matins, instead of a confession of the Apostles or Nicene Creed, we sing the Deum. Please stand. Forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. As Ecclesiastes said, O Lord, all is vanity without the grace of your word and the indwelling of your spirit. Grant our hearts and guard our hearts against all pride and arrogance and a life rich in things but poor in the spirit. Give to us wise hearts that may love rightly all that you have made and use them all for the purpose of your glory. Lord, in your mercy. Guard your church, O Lord, the people of your own possession, and give to her honorable and noble men for the office of the holy ministry, and gracious and devoted men and women commissioned for the teaching arts and works of charity within your church. Bless the mission efforts of your church, especially Pastor John Lang the Mission of Christ Network and all of the associated missionaries, mission stations in all the parts of the, of the world. Raise up indigenous people, Lord, who long to serve you and to take that good news out into their communities. Especially we lift up Shenzhen and the people there. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, be near the suffering, those who are dying, the grieving. We have many of our own congregation that we lift up before you who need your medical help, your spiritual encouragement, your indwelling presence, your healing hand. They include Mary Ann Fuller, Patrice Maurer, Jean and Pat Miracle, Charmaine Nichols, Hannah Horning, Richard Owen, and Laverna McCoy, for the family and friends of Scott Doer as they mourn the very tragic death of Mason. Lord, we come before you with many things on our hearts and minds. They're known to you, and we pray that your hand would lift us up in our weakness, that you would be our strength, our help, and our healing. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, all these and whatever else you know that we need, we ask for the sake of Jesus. We pray that you would bless Ascension Congregation at the Tyler Campus in Maple and all of our ministries from preschool to open arms to all the ministries of education and music and service of Stephen Ministry and Care. May everything that we do here bring glory and honor to you as we serve our neighbor. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, praying everything in Jesus' name. Amen. O Lord, grant us then wisdom to recognize the treasures you have stored up for us in heaven, that we may never despair, but always rejoice and be thankful for the riches of your grace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.